When the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic, countries took extraordinary measures to try and flatten the curve to control the spread of the virus. Canada was no exception and took unprecedented controls on citizens and businesses to slow the spread of the virus. As the economy grinds to a halt, many businesses are left wondering what the future holds when the extreme health measures are, are lifted. In today's episode, we look at how this is affecting startups and what opportunities are arising for those ventures in the current global crisis. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Before we begin this podcast, please note that anything discussed or said on this podcast does not constitute legal advice. Hey everyone, welcome to the Insights Podcast by Dentons. I'm your host, Chris Young. And today I want to look at how the current global pandemic is affecting startups, especially in the market like Alberta, where in the last few years, there's been a push to grow the startup ecosystem to diversify the economy. Joining me today is Heather Barnhouse, partner at Dentons and member of the firm's technology and corporate commercial groups. Thank you, Heather, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Heather, before we begin, can you give the listeners a quick overview of what you do at Dentons, specifically in the technology space? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So I am in, as you mentioned, in the Edmonton office of Dentons, um, so practicing in that Alberta landscape. And I work in the corporate commercial group doing two things primarily. One is, you know, some M&A work. And obviously, in this environment, there is not so many mergers and acquisitions that are happening. But the other half of my practice is really on focusing on venture technology and emerging growth uh, companies. And in a in a down economy, that's when you often see a lot of innovation and a lot of push from entrepreneurs to move things forward. So in this type of economy, as, as weird as it is, um, that's where we tend to see some, some real opportunities from an innovation perspective. Um, so that's that's what's been keeping me busy lately. That's great. Now, before we dive into some of these opportunities, I wanted to chat about capital because for startups, capital is always important. But I think when some of these emergency measures are lifted, capital is going to be even more so needed for some of these startups to get back up and running. Uh, What financial strategies or options are there that startups can look in order to get moving again in the current ecosystem? So that's a, a really good question, and there's there's not one great answer for that. I, I have several ideas to that, and and what I'm seeing my my clients do in in this environment is is in some ways a bit of a combination of of some of these. So obviously the first thing is trying to get a handle on on cash flow needs now, and so not you know we talk about well what's going to happen when we get out of this. We've got to get through this first, and so I think a lot of companies need to really focus on what cost cutting measures can they take now that will help them you know, extend their runway out so that they can, you know, have some some opportunity to to move forward post-COVID and, and once the world maybe returns to some form of normalcy. So there's a number of things that I think companies can focus on now in terms of, of really trying to get good cash flow projections. And there are some, interestingly, there's, you know, some some of our, our clients are in the space of, of some technology solutions around cash flow projections. Uh, so, so really trying to get a handle on what that is. <clears throat> there are some opportunities to 
really think about streamlining your operations. These don't necessarily apply in all cases, but there are some opportunities to maybe eliminate some redundancy. In some cases, there's an opportunity to bring a technological solution into an organization to help you know manage some of these things. So whether that's managing uh, operations, man- managing the supply chain, automating some of these things, focused on creating opportunities during this time. And then some of those things obviously will stick um, when the world emerges from this COVID crisis. So some of the, the efficiencies that you may gain during this transitionary time will still continue to benefit you moving forward. Some of the other things, that when you think about some of the financial strategies, the, the message is really around communicate early and communicate often. And so if that's things like talking to landlords, talking to suppliers, talking to your banks now when you know, the, the world is, is in a very unusual circumstance, talking about things like potential rent abatements, um, relaxation of financial covenants, different ways of getting security on like if you're if you're trying to borrow additional funds, what are additional uh, items of collateral that you may be able to put forward? I've heard some interesting things in the last few weeks about, you know, a company may, may have an opportunity now to, to pivot into a slightly different market. For example, a company that does some renovations, usually in the commercial space, painting, refreshing of, of, of premises in the commercial space. Well, um, you know, obviously in this economy, companies aren't moving forward with those pro- those projects. And so a lot of them have been canceled. And so this company has done two things. One, They've, they've pivoted to, since everybody's at home and noticing all their like unfinished home reno projects, they've been able to sort of repurpose, repackage some of their workers to be able to complete some of those projects. They're obviously at, at a smaller scale and a different market, but keeping ways, keeping your, your employees busy in, in different ways that are a huge stretch from maybe what you did previously. But then it's also interesting because, you know, if you think about some businesses like dentists, chiropractors, physiotherapists, they're shut down right now. Uh, other than for emergencies and so, so what what some of them are saying is okay well we could go in and we could maybe do an office refresh and we could repaint the interior of, of your building or, or interior of your office or whatever so that when people come back in droves because they haven't gone to the dentist for six months or whatever it is uh you know the office looks a little bit refreshed and so as a way to redeploy some some projects in in perhaps smaller scales some of these companies like the dentists are saying well i might not have the cash we've been shut down so what they're doing is saying, OK, well, we're going we're to partner with a third party lender and we're going to take some of that risk away from you. We know that you'll be busy when you when you come back. Oh, interesting. And you, we know that you won't have a chance <clears throat> since your office is sitting vacant right now. It's a really good time to get in there and paint or do whatever, you know, whatever refreshment needs to happen. Um, and so they've partnered. They've, they've looked at a strategy for partnering with a third party lender to help manage kind of the finance program and say, look, you don't have to pay for this until 2021 or you know six months, 12 months, whatever it is. So we can get the work done for you now that helps us, that keeps our people busy, that gives you a new, newly updated office. And maybe we'll take security against some of your receivables. And especially if it's you know a dentist, in my example, there's a, a benefit, an employment benefit, then they're pretty secure that that revenue will come in once people are allowed to go back to the dentist, for example. Right. Um, right. And so they're really looking at ways to take advantage of, of those things. They never would have done that pre-COVID because they were painting outside office towers, right? So I was just going to say, so that's interesting because, I mean, there's a lot of factoring companies out there that must be getting a lot of phone calls too. And I'm wondering if they're relaxing some of their, you know, guidelines as well on who they're going to cover for some factoring transactions. 
Yeah, I expect they will. Um, I don't have, a, I don't know that off the, you know, off the top of my head, but I, I expect they will. And certainly from my discussions with some of these clients who have moved into this, you know, this, these more creative financing solutions that are a bit of a win-win, they're certainly working with those factoring companies. Um, and I, I think that there are other lenders out there, whether you're a factoring company or not, maybe there are some other lenders who are going to be looking at some of these other creative opportunities and solutions that that will help people kind of get back into that space. The other thing that, that I'm, I'm seeing quite a lot of um, that I think will survive kind of post-COVID, and this isn't necessarily exclusive to tech companies, although you see it very frequently in, in technology companies, is companies are looking two things. They're looking at how do they reduce their payroll burden. And there are there are a number of creative ways that you can do that. One of the common things that we're seeing is a, a request to consider and adopt and implement employee stock ownership programs. And so you see this in tech all the time. You're a founder, you're going to get some shares, you're going to give some stock options to you know get, attract a great CEO or whatever. But some of these companies are now rolling that out to not just their, you know, their C-suite, but to their employees who have been loyal, who've been there for a number of years, whether that's two years, five years, whatever, depending on the horizon of the company and, and how long it's been around. And so they're saying, okay, if you reduce your wage, for example, uh, by 10%, that will save us on a cash flow perspective right now during this tough time. But your your contributions are going to uh, help the company really grow in value over time. And we want to reward you for that over the long haul. And so we'll give you, we'll take, if we save, I don't know, $10,000 of of salary, we'll give you the equivalent of that in shares of the company, which ideally, theoretically, will grow over time. That's a bit of a gamble, as as these things are, but it is a way that companies are are certainly thinking about how do we cut our cash burden right now to help sort of get us through this this period. And then once you've adopted a program like that, of course, it's easier to bring other people on at a, at a later date. So once you've you've laid the groundwork, it's easier to continue that in in the future. And maybe that's a way long term that you don't have to have such a high salary burn for your uh, for your employees. I would say that's a very interesting strategy, almost putting, you know, employee stock option plans on on bit of steroids here for your, uh, you know, to manage your interim cash flow. I, yeah, I think totally. that's, that's uh, quite ingenious on that part. And, and you know, th- we, we see that in, in down economies. We often see that. But I would say that we have, as you say, we have seen that on steroids. This is just accelerated. So if a company was thinking, oh, maybe in the next six, 12 months, I might like to think about adopting that. They've done it now. Right. Right. It's just accelerated the pace at which at which they've done that. And I imagine these startups have, you know, they're a little bit more nimble to be able to do this. I, I can't imagine a large company being able to implement some type of employee stock option plans to, you know, cover for lost wages uh, in a quick turnaround time. So um, you're right. It is not always quick. And obviously, the the bigger the company, the more complex, often the more complexity there is to it. But it's interesting. Um, what I will say being, you know, a, an Alberta based lawyer, and so we have a Lots of companies that are in oil field services, oil and gas, you know, that type of thing, um, manufacturing, lots of companies that support the oil patch. We see that very frequently. And ESOP is a very, very common program that many of these oil and gas type companies have done over time, especially for really large companies. They don't do it quickly, but they are they they are very game to do that. And that there's there's something about kind of the Alberta company and we want to keep it in Alberta and we want to keep our employees happy and we want to kind of pass it on from a succession planning to 
the next generation of, of employees. So it is something that, that we are used to seeing. And there's lots of flexibility and creativity to be able to really adapt a program like that to whatever the particularities are for your, your particular company. So they're very flexible. One other thing related to that, and this, this applies very much more so in the technology space, is interestingly with the, you know, there's been so many layoffs and there's been so, so much disruption um, and, and right out of the ranks of school, right? Like, so university students are saying, oh, I, I, maybe I used to have a, a, a summer internship lined up and I don't know if that's going ahead right now. And what am I going to do with my time? And I want to make sure that I can still prove myself and I want to get some experience and some credibility and put that on my resume. I have one client who is in the technology space and she had a team of, I think it was about three developers. And now all of a sudden, um, she's managing a team of 30 developers. And these people have said to her, look, I don't care if you can if you can pay me or not, but I want some experience. And this is not without risk, of course, because you know, you if you all of a sudden ramp up to a crazy number of developers, you somebody has to supervise them. Um, and you need to make sure that you've managed the intellectual property and you right. the company's got uh, an assignment of the intellectual property. But what she's offering, because she can't pay them, she's offering them stock options. So if you work for me, you know, for this period of, I don't know, six weeks, two months, whatever it is, number one, it's a it's a great way to have a long-term interview, right? When, when we get out of this, do we have some great talent that we want to hire? Well, we just tested them out for you know a long period of time. And these these people, these developers are are having a great opportunity to work in a team, you know, uh, uh, take on new challenges and get some experience and some credibility to be able to add to the resume. Right. So there's lots of opportunity that we're seeing kind of for, you know, low uh, wage or free wage, if you will, um, in exchange for maybe some stock options or a potential job opportunity in the future that I don't think you would have seen um, in the same way as you are in this COVID environment. Despite you know, we're hearing definitely a lot of companies getting hurt in the current global pandemic. There are, especially for tech companies, I think some good opportunities, uh, not necessarily take advantage, but almost uh, come to the front lines to accept the challenge on much needed items. And one of the things that I was reading the other day was uh, yeah. Tesla, for example, was repurposing some of their Model 3 car manufacturing capabilities to try to build ventilators. And oh, so, we, yeah, and we're so we're, see, we're hearing a, a lot more of those opportunities creep up. Um, I know machine learning, you know, trying to map out mm -hmm. the projected uh, growth in some of the pandemic numbers using AI, um, you know, delivery companies ramping up their apps to try to deliver food yep. for people who can't leave their homes. Uh, what are you seeing on the front lines on, I guess, some of these companies that are taking, we talked a little bit about some, but are there other things that you're seeing that are coming to the forefront now as maybe they needed two years to ramp up, but now they're seeing they're needing the ramp up now? Yeah, yeah, oh, well, for sure. Um, so there's lots of doom and gloom, especially being in Alberta with the double whammy of COVID and then the you know the price of oil. Um, but there are there are lots of opportunities, and these these are not uh, uh, you know they, these don't apply, of course, to every company. But the companies that have have I think historically been maybe a bit a little bit ahead of their time with some of the technology. So I think about um, I, I work with a client who has a telehealth uh, collaboration tool. Uh, technology. And maybe there was some resistance or the business case wasn't exactly sure a few years ago about, well, why would we do this? Why would we, why would we, you know, use some sort of a technology tool instead of going to a doctor? We just go to the doctor. That's just what we do. Well, well, now that's not what we do. And so, you know, whereas that technology may have seemed previously to be a little bit ahead of its time, it's the time is here and now. 
And so, you know, the, that that company is is really drinking from a fire hose in terms of how do they get access to people who need it all, all across the world. Um, and, you know, the, the comment that, that was made to me was, well, I, I've always wanted to grow and scale my company. I just I just didn't think this was how I was, you know, how I was going to do it. <laughs> right. You know, companies that are are, as I mentioned, you know, pivoting into opportunities that may not have seemed obvious to them or into markets that may not have seemed obvious to them previously. Now, all of a sudden, it becomes a matter of survival for them to be able to redeploy their workforce or to keep their assets busy um, and that kind of thing. And so I think we're, we're seeing some of that. I, I'm, I also really agree with you that from a sort of a machine learning, artificial intelligence, building a, a, a pipeline. So a lot of companies might now have the opportunity to think about, well, how do I gather data that might help me, you know, apply an algorithm in the future to help some modeling, especially related to, you know, to the pandemic. Um, I think that people will take the time now to think about what what do I need to gather? How do I start building that pipeline to be able to really manage that in the future? Um, there's there are are definitely applications and and companies that are cropping up overnight with solutions to the data, the vast amount of data that is being created through this pandemic in terms of the number of cases, the number of positives, the number of negatives. What how does the testing, the change in the testing methodology affect how we report these things? And what does that mean? How can we use that to maybe manage our workforce? And, and how do we you know, comply with various regulations if we're in deemed an essential service and our workforce might be sick and those kinds of things? And so I think that people are really using the opportunity. And now that you know, AI and machine learning is, is, is much more conversational than it was even five years ago, I think people are really tuned into there might be a real opportunity here to take advantage of that. The technology is here and now. And there's smart people who maybe don't have jobs who could help me figure that out. Um, so I think that we will see a lot of data uh, sets emerge from this that could, you know, hopefully help in future situations right. that that might crop up. Yeah, you know, despite all the negativity around where our economy is right now, and definitely hard for some of the more traditional companies, I think as we emerge and come out of this pandemic and this emergency health crisis, we're definitely going to see a different landscape when it comes to some of these industries uh, almost having to retool itself overnight here. So this will be very interesting as we progress along. Uh, Heather, I do want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today on podcast there's definitely a lot more we can talk about we'll have to get you back on here uh, for those listening if you need to get in contact with heather uh, if you have questions regarding the tech space or the commercial lending space her information is below don't forget to like this podcast and subscribe to it every time we upload a new episode you will get notification of it heather thanks again for joining uh, hope you stay safe and stay healthy thank you my pleasure have a great day